Amen. Praise the Lord. Claire, thank you. What a difficult song in the first place. And um, what a great message. And I just praise the Lord for your willingness to do that. And may it lead many others to follow the Lord and use their talents, their gifts, their treasure for Him. Amen. Well, um, let's take our Bibles this morning and let's go to Isaiah chapter 12. Isaiah chapter 12. And I want to ask you the question this morning. What is Christmas all about? What is it all about? And I want you to think about something as you're making your way there. I just want you to think in your mind this morning. Um, what is one of your best Christmas Memories. Now, not the not not maybe the the best of all of them. I don't want you thinking that too much. But uh, just what is a, a memorable Christmas? Just think on that for a few moments, and we'll come back to that hopefully if I don't forget a little later, because uh, there is a point in that, believe it or not. But uh, think about that. What is a memorable Christmas to you? One of your favorite Christmases. We think about what is it all about. So I want to ask you to stand this morning as we read and honor God's Word in Isaiah chapter 12, and we're going to read the entire chapter, because unlike Isaiah, chapter 12 is 
many verses at all. And you'll see why in just a moment. Chapter 12 in Isaiah, verse 1. And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you, though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day you will say, praise the Lord. Call upon His name. Declare His deeds among the peoples. Make mention that His name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for He has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in midst. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your word. And I pray this morning that as we look in the Old Testament, that God will realize the implications, Lord, for us now, but also for the future. That, God, we would realize and understand really what it is all about. Why do we do what we do, God? Help us to understand the importance of that, knowing again what it really is all about. God, may you be praised today. God, may you lift the burdens that we carry today. May you give us a spirit of joy that, Lord, in the next few moments we would just be focused on what you would have for us to say. Help us, Lord, to set aside childish things in maturity and just focus, focus as your child on the bread, on the food that you put before us in your word today. May you be glorified, I pray, in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. What is Christmas all about? Now, now if we were to ask that in a Christian setting, we, we would automatically, whether we even thought about it, we'd get what I call the Sunday school answer. It's about Jesus. And it is about Jesus. It absolutely is all about uh, Jesus. But we understand that not everybody thinks that way or would come to maybe even that same conclusion. But Christmas is a wonderful time of the year because every story has always had these three parts to them. You have a beginning, you obviously have an end, and then you have the middle, right? And even in our story, in our life story today, we've had a beginning, there's going to be an end, and then, you know, we've got the middle of life lived. Some would say when you go out into a graveyard and you look at a tomb, there's a beginning, there's an end, and there's a dash that's between, and that dash is the middle. That's what happens between those two uh, the bookends, the beginning and the end. God's story as a whole has a beginning, there's an end, and we're living in the middle of that. And when we think about God's redemptive story, it has a beginning, it has an end, it has a middle. And the beginning of that redemptive story, in, in the sense of, of the advents of the Lord, is Christmas is that beginning. And, and in the midst of, of, of the second advent being the end, when the Lord is going to return, there's the cross, right? The middle, the, the, the climax and the culmination of what God did for us. But Christmas is the beginning. 
And Isaiah in chapter 12, unlike a lot of chapters in Isaiah, it's very short. And as a matter of fact, we would recognize it more closely related to a psalm because it actually is a psalm. Chapter 12 of Isaiah is a psalm. And of course, most psalms uh, are, are somewhat uh, short, you know, uh, uh, in our culture today, you know, you got a you got a, a verse or two, and and uh, and there's going to be a chorus, and there there might be the bridge where you get the guitar solo or something, but but you know, it's it's three or four minutes, and we wrap it up, right? Uh, there's some exceptions to that, but in general, just a song is short, and and song for the most part, the songs that that the Hebrews would sing were short, and that was their songbook. And Isaiah gives us this song about what's going to happen. Now, I want to draw your attention to a couple of things. Notice down in verse 4 it says, And in that day you will say. Now, understand that that's obviously pointing to some time down the road, right? It's not been achieved yet, but he says, you know, in that day it's pointing to a future time. And notice in verse 5, it says to sing to the Lord, for He has done excellent things, and this is known in all the earth. In other words, everyone is going to know this at some point in the future. Now, it's not happened now, and we understand in verse 6 it says to cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel. We understand the Holy One of Israel, that's that's. And he says, he is in your midst, speaking of a, a physical dwelling that is going to happen. Now, why do I say that? Because this song, this song follows chapter 11 in which it is speaking of the, the, the millennial reign of the Lord in which there will be a, a physical, as it relates to Revelation 20, a physical reign of the Lord Jesus righteously as the physical heir to King David uh, from Jerusalem. And even though that has not happened yet, it's going to happen because what the Lord says He's going to do, He does. Amen? And so we understand that that is coming at a time in, the day, in, in a future day uh, that... That's going to be fulfilled and that the people of God, the Jewish people of God, the Israelites, uh, they are going to recognize and they will physically be reigning with the Lord Jesus at some time. At a time in which the Lord is going to vanquish enemies and He will rule right on earth. And then we understand that that will uh, continue throughout all of eternity. Now, I want you to flip over <coughs> to Luke uh, chapter 1. Now in Luke chapter 1, we're going to uh, see this from the standpoint of this beginning of Christmas here, okay? Familiar passages of Scripture that, uh, you, you know, we, we hear them this time of year. In verse 26 of Luke chapter 1, uh, Gabriel has announced the birth of uh, John the Baptist. And in verse 26 it says, Now in the, the angel Gabriel 
was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then in verse 30, we, we have the standard angel greeting, right? Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will receive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Great. He will highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now, I, I want to tell you that in what that the angel Gabriel explained to Mary was not only uh, a, a spiritual reigning of the Lord Jesus, but a physical reigning of the Lord Jesus. And, and here's what we need to remember in regard to that. I don't want to get down in the weeds on it, but if it, if it was not going to be a physical reign of Jesus on the throne of David, there would have been no need then for God to meticulously make sure that both Mary and Joseph had lineage to the throne of David. It'd be a moot point. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't matter if we were just talking about spiritual things. But the reality is, there is going to be in the future a physical reign of Jesus as well as Him reigning in His kingdom spiritually in the hearts of His people today. Those things we believe will happen because Scripture speaks of that. So what is Christmas all about? Christmas is all about the beginning of God's redemptive work of bringing salvation to you and me. It, it declares that God is the God of salvation. See, in uh, chapter 12 there of Isaiah, he says two things. He says, behold, God is my salvation. And then later on there in verse 2, he says, he has also become my salvation. Now, those, those are not the same two things. And I hope to explain that to you in a moment. But what then God is the God of salvation. The point we exist as a church is to take the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ to those who have not received Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. Uh, that, that, the letter that I wrote, the, e the email that I read to you this morning from uh, Jennifer as she is uh, you know, ministering in the Middle East. We want people who reject God to hear the gospel and to respond in faith. That is what Christmas is all about. That redemptive work, that promise of that redemptive work had to have a beginning. And that beginning was the Savior being born at just the right time, as Paul would write in Galatians, at just the right time, uh, here is our Savior born of a woman under the law to redeem those who were under that law and could not redeem themselves and had no hope. Christ, Christ is the beginning in his birth of that redemptive world is a God of salvation. And man, boy, does our nation need to understand this today. That God is the God of salvation. We need saving. We need rescuing. We're looking, looking for salvation in all the wrong places. We think it can be brought through uh, political means, or we think it can be brought through economic means. 
But the reality is that is ignorance. It is ignorance to think there is hope outside the Lord Christ. And we need to be safe from that. There's a lot of fear in our country today. A lot of fear around the world today. Uh, fear is motivating, no doubt. But I want to tell you something. And Christian, listen to me this morning. As a child of God, fear will never push us and motivate us to move through the door of God's will and faithfulness. It'll never do that. We enter through the door of God's will in our life through faith. Through faith. Uh, fear, when it is the focus... It robs us of our faith and it robs us of our ability to follow God when we do not see outcomes. And that's what faith is, even what we don't see. But we know it to be true because faith told us that it would be true. Fear robs us of that. Fear makes us worry about circumstances around us. Fear makes us worry about things that never will happen. Have you noticed that? Fear puts scenarios and presuppositions in our mind. And we focus on those things. As we hear the standard angel greeting in Luke today to Mary, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Joshua, just be strong and of a good courage. Don't be afraid. We will never obtain and fulfill the call and the will of God in our life if we're fearful. We must be faithful. Mary is a very young lady living in desperate times difficult times she had questions but she had a heart that was tender and compassionate and bent to doing what God desired maybe she just thought you know what in the, in the present set of circumstances of life what have I got to lose but she was faithful God is the God of salvation our nation needs this God of salvation we're looking to so many things there's anger and hate. There's harshness and bitterness. Think about the greed in our culture that, that forget about the outcome, forget what it might do to the next generation. Let's just make money as we see our world declining. We see it all around us today. I was going through a small town the other day and <coughs> there were signs up all over in the campus that said, uh, Stop Solar in this county now because we're understanding while they may be good places to put up solar farms your prime farmland is not one of them you can't eat solar panels folks you just can't you want to put them off of, of a landfill fine got nothing to lose so when they're broken they're torn cut them down they're in the right place but you don't give up prime farmland for energy you got to eat and we understand and they understand that if we do not grow our own food, where are we going to get it from? You're going to have to import it. And I don't know about you, but if you don't have food and you're looking for somebody else to produce you food, that puts you in a very precarious situation. I don't think that's a good idea, and it's certainly not a good idea to the future generations that are coming behind us. But it doesn't matter. Because the people who make these deals believe that they can make enough generational money that it won't affect their future generation. But I want to tell you something this morning. This is where we struggle as a nation. You cannot insulate yourself from sin and destruction. You cannot insulate yourself from the devil and his ways and his demons and his influence in our culture today. You can't do that. You can't insulate yourself. You can't hide away. It's not obtainable. 
When we, when we begin to read about the coming of the Lord and those prophecies being fulfilled, folks, there's no, there's no little safe place you can be when those things start unfolding from Scripture. The safest place you can be is a child of God. And all the insulation and all the money you've obtained and all the education you've obtained in your life will not insulate you from the attacks of the sage of this age on your life. Wickedness, ungodliness, selfishness, and hard-heartedness. This is a part of the culture today. We believe if we can educate ourselves enough, <coughs> if we can be green enough, we can in a utopian time, there'll be peace. There'll be, there'll be no bad things. And we'll all just love each other because it's the right thing to do. The history when those things have been attempted, it's led to dystopian nightmares. And the thing that we see about history is that because we fail to learn any lessons from it. We need God. We need salvation. And God is the way of salvation. He is a God of salvation that is and our need for Him is great. What about our families today? What about the fabric of our society and our nation as a whole, the family? Family is under attack. Family looks to so many other things that if we, if we get this, then it'll be okay. But the reality is, what holds a family together? The grace and the love and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We think, well, if the economic times are good, if I have the right job, if we can save the right nest egg, the right neighborhood, the right plan, folks, uh, that's all great. But again, none of that is what makes your house a home or your uh, offspring a family. None of that does. We need the Lord. We need moms and dads. We need, we need children who have a teachable spirit who are unashamed of, of their love and devotion for the Lord, that, that we would express it when we're in a hostile world. And, and the whole point of what we do with singing and, and to see Claire come and sing by herself as, as you know 12 years old or whatever, the point of that is that if you can't be real here, if you can't be real here, young people, if you're not real here, you're not going to be real at school. If you're not real here, you won't be real outside of those doors. And that's the mission field. Not here, out there. When we drive off the parking lot, today, that's the mission field. Not here. If we can't be real here, if we won't stand up and say, I'm a believer. If we can't put a smile on our face and a song in our heart and express great love and gratitude for the King of glory, I guarantee you it's not happening at your hostile work environment. Hello, are we awake this morning? Are you hearing me this morning? If I'm wrong, you tell me. But the reality is, this is a place where we ought to unashamedly be able to sing for the glory of God. And if somebody gives you a, 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 a wince look like, oh, you were off key. Okay, fine. Fine, man. But what are you doing? There is no cold water committee in God's heaven, folks. There is no cold kingdom or, or, or committee in the kingdom of God. If you, if you want change, my friend, be part of what that change you want it to look like. Be a part of that. Encourage, support, 
There's a world that's looking and needs to understand that there is a God who loves them. Isaiah said, God is my salvation. God is my salvation. He would later say, God has become my salvation. And I want to explain the difference between that with a a little story here. We've all seen, I got to thinking about the rain that we've had over the last day and and, uh, things are full and, but We've all seen the pictures on television of, you know, the, the flood waters arising and maybe it's in a hurricane or a, a storm and, and, and people, you know, uh, they, they thought it wasn't going to get that high. They thought they had enough sandbags to keep it out of their house, but, but they, they miscalculated. They made an error. And because of, of, of the lack of, 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 uh, of, you know, thinking in the past, and their actions in the past have now led that their house is flooded and there's no way for them to escape. And so they do what only they can do. They keep looking for higher ground to the point that they get, they're, they're now on the top of the house. And the floodwaters are coming up. We, we saw these images when you know, Katrina and hurricanes come into areas and how people are up on top of the house and, and literally the water is just running up to the eaves of the home. And they understand as swift as the water is that there's no way to swim. There's no way to escape. They're stuck. And as the waters keep rising, they realize now, I need to be saved. And see, off in the distance, I mean, they're praying because everybody, you know when you're in a situation like that, you get religious real quick. And you hear in, in the distance, you, you hear the sound of a motor, a, a boat, and you, you, you realize your, your hopes are up and you're thinking, uh, somebody's coming. Somebody is the storm and the weather and they're coming to save me. And you, you see them and they're coming and you're, you're waving frantically from the top of your house because there's a, there's a boat and you realize they're coming to save you. And they, they see you and you see them and they, they shout from the bullhorn, uh, just sit tight, we're coming over there. We're coming to you. And you say, man, there's my salvation. There's my salvation. But you know what? You're not saved yet. You see salvation, but you're still on the rooftop. You're still surrounded by the flooding waters. And the boat gets closer. And they get as close as they can and say, okay, you're going to you're gonna have to come on down here. And you're going to have to get in that boat. And you're going to have to walk down that roof. And you're going to have to get wet. And you're going to walk through the troubled water for a little while until you have enough faith to step over into that boat. And you're scared and you're afraid. But you go down there and you get in that boat. That's when you can say, God has become my salvation. There's a difference. There's a difference. See, we can talk about the goodness of God and we can talk about Jesus is the only way and we can talk about how Jesus came and He was born as a little babe and He would grow and He would be your sacrifice on that cross and He is salvation, but He becomes our salvation when we receive Him in faith as our Lord and Savior. You know, there's a lot of boats, a lot of important boats in Scripture. There's the ark, but only a few got in. There's the boat that they're going to the other side. You remember that? 
and, and, and Jesus got into that boat, and you know what? That boat made it to its destination. And I want to tell you, when you're in the boat with Jesus, it may get rocky, and there may be difficult, but it ain't going to sink. It will not perish. See, Isaiah says, He is my salvation. He's become my salvation. And see, there's a difference because when you, when you declare that He is my salvation, you understand that, that as you see Him and for what He can do, it is when you place your trust and faith in Him that He forgives you of your past. The foolishness of ever putting yourself in that situation. He becomes your salvation. We don't have to be afraid of the present, and we don't have to be afraid of the future. There's great comfort in what Isaiah is saying today, that he is my salvation, he has become my salvation, and he is my song. He is my song. He's a melody in my heart. He brings joy to my soul. He's an encouragement to me when all around me is dis and discouragement and bad news he is my salvation he is my hope he is my song now I want you to go back and I want you to think about that question I asked you what is one of your favorite Christmas memories well I don't know what your personal or one of your personal best Christmases but I will be willing to say that if we were to take for a moment and we were to all talk about an enjoyable, one of our favorite Christmas moments, most all of the stories, if not every one of them, would be centered around one of two things, or maybe both. It would be centered around family, and it would have something to do probably with opening a gift. Maybe it was something you really wanted and, you know, it was scarce and mom and dad somehow found it, you know. And, and it was enjoyable because you thought you probably weren't going to get it and you were really surprised when you got it. And the idea of celebrating this time of year with people that we love and are very dear to us. Almost, I, I would be willing to say that almost every story in here, if not all of them, would have one or both of those components. That, that in and of itself is Christmas. That's what it's, it's about except this. There's great joy to be had of receiving personally the greatest gift that God ever could give you and me in His Son. That's what it's about. It's about the joy of now having a family that we will know and love throughout eternity. That there will be no, ever, there will be no separation anymore that when we close our eyes on this side of heaven we are in the presence of God and we will never know that again that is what it is all about that's what Christmas is it is this gift that God has given to us in his son that is salvation and it will become your salvation when you receive him in have you done that? It's not the same. It's not the same. Have you received Him? Not that you know about it. Not that you attend church. 
but that you've received the Lord as your Lord, personal Lord and Savior. That is a gift worthy of unwrapping. That is a gift worthy of receiving. It is our hope. It is our strength. It is our future. He is our salvation. Do you know that? Can you say that? If not, then today is the day for you to understand that fully and wholeheartedly. Would you bow your hearts in prayer with me this morning? God, we understand this morning that God is a future. There is a coming second advent when, Lord, you will rule and reign. We will be with you. Lord, the life you give today is eternal in nature. Help us to receive it in faith. Help us to know beyond a shadow of any doubt in our mind that you are ours and we are yours. Help us to come in faith today if we do not know that. And we give you the glory for what you will do. We thank you and we love you. For it is in that name, the blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Church, would you stand this morning? Would you? Coming home. As we sing this morning, the, the words will be up on the screen. Lord, I'm coming home. Would you just pursue God in faith this morning, whatever He may be leading you to do? <coughs>